We create a new language every time we touch. Build planets through penetration, bear witness to multiple universes with each orgasm. This is love unfiltered. This is passion and pleasure without pretense. This is euphoria on the grand scale where doubt is vanquished and lust is welcome. We crave one another, a carnal yet ethereal yearning that no one understands but us. I need to be inside you, to connect to the depths of you, to align your chakras with my light, to enjoy the warmth of home. You need to be inside me to reach Dharma, to feel the connection of each and every ocean, to find oneness within my deepness. For when we connect, we are no longer two, but we exist as one. And it is in these moments where time stops and new begins again. This is where we live eternally, a love everlasting, a lust ever growing, and a light never ending. And now, let's get healed. Welcome to the Healing Space. I am Sensei Raven Akundayo. And I am Brandon Harris Williams. I just made him feel some kind of way in the best positive way possible. I, the spirit came into the room and it touched me and it picked me up and it took me across the room and I was like elevating like the exorcist, but you know. I was going to say this sounded like the conjuring or something. In, in the best way though possible. This was the spirit of the Lord. The spirit of the, of the Sangers. The spirit of the legends. Okay. Listen. I was telling him I was I was I wanted to speak some really awesome positives, you know, because I'm like, we're in my home in the studio right now. And I'm like, but there are greater things coming for us, you know, and I'm like, imagine when we're the ones who are selling out the Apollo. And so he started going through it. I can't deal with it. <laughs> so he started going through it kind of like he is now. But then I guess I caught him off guard. Because I told them, you know, I was like, for us, the people opening up for us, it's going to end up being Patti LaBelle. And he lost it. (laughs) Isn't it a shame? Come on. How is it? Yes, ma'am. When you've been blessed. Come on. It's like what? It's like heaven. Come on. I woke up so suddenly. I can't. I can't. This dance. I'm not. I'm not. Sorry. Okay. They can't see me. I'm sorry. Let me bring it back. Let me bring it back. That's your fault. See? Why don't you do all this on the lives? You don't, you you don't, don't do you all don't, You don't touch my spirit like that on the live. I don't know. Okay. So I need to think about what I'm doing on these lives. Okay. Okay. Because I need for those of you who listen to us on the podcast and watch our lives, y'all know the difference. <laughs> So I have something I need to change up next month. Okay. I'm the same person. Same old B. Listen. Listen. Anyway, so. (laughs) (laughs) We have an awesome episode this week. We're going to be, uh, we're going to be having some sexual healing once again. Mm -hmm. And this time our featured guest just so happens to be my best friend. 
Yeah. <laughs> His name is Mario Gray. And I'm excited to have him on here because he works for an organization called Us Helping Us. And his title is actually Prevention Program Coordinator. And he's going to be on here dropping some serious knowledge okay. about a lot of stuff. <laughs> so if there was ever any episode that you need to listen to, you need to listen to this one. <laughs> because I'm fairly certain the majority of you who are listening have sex. So you need to make sure that you are uh, well prepared. Okay. You know, and uh, you know, you guys know how Brandon likes to act like he's all shy and innocent and stuff. So when it comes to sex anyway. So later on in our... Uh, conversation during the culture of pop we're going to be getting into that so yeah whatever and this is still the month of poetry listen and this episode was featuring sensei raven himself <laughs> once again on the yeah. mic you know on the ones and twos i, was, really I wasn't the ones djing no, not really i wasn't that, DJing. can't do that it doesn't really work that way <laughs> i tried you did and you did an amazing job you. Yet again. Thank you. The words. I appreciate You say that. them and you use them. Come on. Touch the people. <laughs> Reach out. And touch somebody's hand. Aha. Make this world a better place. If what? If you can. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Not. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Yes. <laughs> yes. Listen. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. It feels like another one. Come on. Uh, there ain't been no minute. I feel like I sing every week. I don't do sing you? every week. Do no, you? No, you don't sing every week. I feel like I do. You sing in your spirit. I, hey. Hey, listen. Hey. And that's what matters. Maybe this is because I'm sleepy. Maybe that's what some of this is. Is that what Because I've been up all night because I worked last night and I haven't been to sleep yet and it's like a smooth <laughs> noon. <laughs> so, you know, that might be it. Okay. Part of it. Okay. Got you. Take your time, though. I appreciate this side. So you can be sleepy all the time. If it's going <laughs> to bring out these moments, I'm here for it. Whatever. So. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So let's get into the culture of pop. Okay. So first of all, uh, Brandon and I have been sitting with this on our spirit since Thursday night. <laughs> <laughs> for you guys who joined us for THS Live. First of all, thank you to you guys. Uh, and of course, I'll be thanking you guys later on in the show as well. But thank you for joining us for THS Live. But, you know, we were talking about the Scandal season, I mean, series finale as it was airing that night. So we had planned to come on with a post-show to talk about Scandal, but the two of us felt some kind of way afterwards and we're like, yeah, no, it's not even worth it. We'll just go ahead and talk about it when it comes time for us to do the actual show. So, BHW, how did you feel? Um, I actually, I enjoyed it for the most part, actually. I feel like it wasn't horrible. I enjoyed it like really up until like the end where it was like the last few episodes. I mean, not few episodes, but the last, <laughs> the last like couple of minutes. I was like, okay, this is, ending is a little bit too happy for a scandal. This doesn't really fit the show. It's not appropriate. So yeah. So I feel like it's a little lackluster as a finale, but yeah, I'll just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> You're so, listen, the conversation I had with him was much better than what he's doing on the mic. <laughs> He's way too safe. <laughs> like, listen, he always makes me feel like I'm the more passionate, angry ass sounding one because you you try to act like you're so I'm like, you said no, so much more than this. No, no, no. Because when I get angry, passionate, then you're like, OK, well, I don't have anything to say now. <laughs> but you you're you're picky about when you do it. That's the thing. You're picky about it. I feel like I'm always passionate okay, so about I stuff. Get, like detailed. That's what you want. Is yes. That what you 
Um, okay, so something should have happened to Cyrus. He should have died. The episode should have ended with, like, Abby killing him, and then they're standing over his body. He has to call her body, and it's like, oh, shit, we're back into this world again. Because it was all wrapped nicely in a bow, where everybody got a happy ending, except for Cyrus, technically, because he just resigned from vice presidency, but then I guess he still rides off to the sunset. I don't really know what happens with him, and it mm-hmm. didn't show him. So... Everybody else getting a happy ending. Yes, we you quote unquote want that, but that doesn't fit the show. Right. <laughs> Spoilers. I completely forgot to say that. Um, <laughs> but by now you should know with us. But uh, but yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Well, I'll start off like you. So you, you gave kind of an overall of how you felt, and then you mm-hmm. went into detail. So my overall, uh, Brandon liked it more than I did. Uh, because of how it ended, I ended up not liking it at all. The ending for me ruined the entire rest of the episode. Uh, I felt like it was unnecessary for David to die. It made sense for him dying at the time. Like when Cyrus killed him, it made complete sense. But by the end of the show with those tidy ass endings of happiness, his death made no sense at all. Uh, And there were characters who were left like, you have Abby and Huck at his gravesite, at David's gravesite. That's their ending. Like that's how it ends for all three of them. David dead, Huck and Abby standing there. What happens? Huck has a whole wife, ex-wife, and child. That we haven't like seen the, in like three years, though. Listen. So I, I think Shonda might have forgotten. I don't know why you keep bringing it back up. <laughs> she was like, this is a cute storyline we're going to do for an episode or two, then we're going to move on. <laughs> I'm just saying. It made no sense. I'm like, what? And then Jake, I don't know. So much more needed to happen with him. So much more. And it's like, I know you didn't like Jake. I did, but I think we both felt the same. I wanted him to die. Like, I liked him, but I felt like a good ending for him would have been death. In season two. He, he wasn't even... He came at the end of season two if he was in season two at all. Was okay. he in season two? Listen, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, he was such a tortured soul. I feel like death would have been good for him. I feel like with prison, first of all, I see him getting out. Um, there, there are so many, I don't know. It, it's funny because we say things were tied up, but they weren't. It was a whole bunch of, of happy openness. Like there's so many doors open, you know, mm-hmm. so many different directions they could go in. And I don't know if that's because they want to surprise us in five years. Like, ha we're back. Like, I don't know, but there was no finality to a finale. Yeah. You know, for anyone, anyone. Cause even if you think about Rowan, like even with Rowan, it's like, oh, okay, well, where'd you end up going because at the very end with the happy stevie wonder music you end up seeing he and olivia eating at the dinner table like yeah, they're back to their sunday dinners or whatever they have but yeah i mean even um uh forgot about it damn i literally just lost my train of thought you said rowan and i was gonna say well while you think about that i will say that brandon found uh, i guess it was wasn't hard to find but he sent me an article from entertainment weekly talking about several scenes that were left on the cutting room floor that weren't added. One of them was Huck walking into uh, Cyrus's home with his toolbox, and we're to assume he killed him. But my thing is, is that I'm, I'm looking at all of the baddies and the reason why Melly is supposed to be safe and everything in the White House. But my thing is, is that all of the people who pose the threat are still alive. Because you're saying Cyrus was supposed to die. But if we... Entertainment Weekly is our reason for knowing that. If we're going just off the show, Cyrus walked away with his head held down and he was sad. And that was his ending. Mm-hmm. So he could always come back. Jake ended up getting out of jail, you know? 
So, and I'm not saying he gets out because of good behavior. I'm saying he could escape. Yeah. B613. So I'm like, all of these people could end up coming back. How is this? I don't, it, it felt very lazy to me. After seven seasons, you would assume you wouldn't have a lazy ending. You know? You would assume. I, I would also assume, I don't know, uh, but that writing series finales are hard, maybe. Because you want to have some kind of, like, finality, but it still has to, like we said, this doesn't fit the the pacing or it didn't fit the, the normal mood or whatever of the show. It also was weird as fuck to me, like, seeing Olivia's portrait in the White House. Like, why is it hanging there? And for what? And when she and Carrie, when Shonda and Carrie had an interview with Jimmy Kimmel... They said that that was supposed to be left up to interpretation, meaning that you can even believe that that scene is supposed that happened in the future. I don't want to. Because <laughs> they also have said, though, that the White House is supposed to be like this place that corrupts everybody. So if you went took us through all of this right. to have Olivia get away, why would she go back right. to be corrupted? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Shonda just wanted to show us her daughter in the finale. That's all that scene was. <laughs> So yeah, so is, is is that how we feel about scandal? That is, we're able to move on. It's okay. the end of an era for real. It is, it is, and and with that ending being what it was, I'm glad that the era is over. Oh, so oh. Yeah, listen, because okay. I I fought for that show, and everybody knows. Even when you didn't even care for it through certain seasons, I was still riding hard. You were. So I'm like ride or die. <laughs> you gave me that, and I just feel like a slap in the face. But you know. It is what it is. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy's still around, so I'm happy. All right, for like the next 30 years. Come on. And I'll watch every okay, episode. I was, I was playing. Okay? I was playing. Every. I'll have my children watching it. Come on. And their children. But anyway, so... Um, <laughs> so I wanted to talk with you really quickly about uh, Cynthia Nixon. Miranda Hobbs, for those who don't know. <laughs> and for those who have never watched Sex in the City... <laughs> She is uh, she is one of the former stars of Sex and the City, which happens to be one of my favorite shows of all time. But she is running for governor of New York State. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's going to be going against, she's a Democrat. As far as I know, uh, she's a liberal and she's going to be going against Andrew Cuomo, who also happens to be a liberal as well. And her platform, <clears throat> her platform seems to be legalizing weed. She's very, very big on that as well as fighting for racial justice. And most of the ads that you see for her, she speaks about the uh, the imbalance, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to white people and people of color. And she's very, very outspoken about that as well, you know. Uh, and definitely when it comes to legalizing marijuana. <laughs> she actually had a, uh, a 420 party okay. on Friday. Listen. <laughs> they had some celebrities who came out and everything. Uh, I was like, oh, she's making this. This is a serious platform she has. Okay. Well, okay, then. And she has the, I'm, she knows who her base is. And she knows good and well that if she talks about fighting against the system when it comes to people of color and legalizing weed, listen. Well, if that's the base, <laughs> then I guess you got to go ahead and lean into them. And she's leaning like a crackhead. <laughs> An unwavering lean. You hear me? <laughs> She's all in. Okay. I have no comment. <laughs> She's all in. She's all in. And I mean, I'm here for it. 
You know, I'm here for it. When it comes to, I mean, a lot of my close friends know how I am when it comes to politics. Is something I've actually over oh, this this year has probably been the the least interested I've been when it comes to politics in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's because of the man who is in uh, the White House right now or what. Because once he got in there, I was like, okay. I, the reason why I study politics the way I do is because I think it's better for you to know your enemy than to not, you know? Uh, so I'm like, I want to know what it is that I can know about politics so that I'm not ignorant to what's happening around me. So mm-hmm. that's why I've always been so passionate and deeply into politics. However, when he got in office, things that I always knew were true just became blatantly obvious where I was like, okay, you always talk about how our vote matters. And again, as always, balance. So I sit somewhere in the middle. I am a firm believer that people need to vote, but that's because I'm I'm the kind of person where I don't feel like if, if I go to vote, I get a say. I get to be angry afterwards. If I don't vote, I am the kind of person who believes that you don't have the right to complain. Why are you complaining if you didn't at least take a step to make action? Mm-hmm. If you go out there and you make a step, then you're like, okay, even if I think it's bullshit, I did what it is that I'm supposed to do. Even if I think that this is a corrupt system, I still did what I was supposed to do. Now I'm going to tell you about yourself. If you sat on your ass the whole time, then what is your argument going to be against why whoever is in power is in power, you know? Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, my thing is, is that you get to see how bullshit situations are. And I think you and I talked about this. Like, if Russia was able to do what it is that the government, what, what, what people are saying they did, the Democrats are saying that Russia did, which is still the election, then can you really say anything to the people who are saying their vote doesn't matter anyway? Mm-hmm. You know? Because it's like, okay, well, why is it, why should I care if you're telling me that it's as simple as another country coming in here and taking this away from us? Why do I need to go out and vote? I'm pretty much wasting my time, especially if you're a person of color. It takes nothing for a cop to shoot me on the street and take me out. So I already feel some kind of way about the justice system in the first place. So now you're telling me to put my faith in the government that if I go in there and put my vote down, that it's going to matter. When all you have to do is be Russia, swoop in, change some things around, and suddenly some <laughs> other man's president. You feel me? So I sit in the middle. I can understand both arguments. I can. But with that being said, I I hope that she sticks to her guns. You know? Mm-hmm. She said that she's not going to be taking any money from uh, any big money donors. You know? Uh, she said that's not happening for her. She doesn't She doesn't feel that the the whole idea of lobbyists are proper you know so and now there are a lot of people <clears throat> a lot of liberals who start off that way mm-hmm. but like i tell people when it comes to obama all the time i'm like i really do believe he's a good person like out of the white house i believe that the person who was before the white house still stands but just like in scandal the white house corrupts you yeah. government can corrupt you in the sense that you can't get a lot of things passed if you're not willing to, you know, grease a few palms. Yeah. So I'm looking at this like I don't know what she, how many things she'll be able to hold on to to get where she wants to get. But I hope that she can keep a, a, a good portion at least of who she is. Yeah. While she makes this transition into politics, you know. No, that absolutely makes sense. Most definitely. Um. I think uh, my thing, and I haven't been following um, her much, I guess, just because, you know, I'm not in New York and I'm not a fan <laughs> of hers or whatever like that. You know, I'm not too familiar with her. But I just wonder, like, in general, though, this whole 
it's not a fad because it hasn't been a bunch of people, but just celebrities going into politics. Right. Part of me is against it, but then the other part of because I'm like, you know, stay in your lane, be an actor or a singer or whatever it is that you're doing. But the other part of me too, though, is like you're saying, if this is their way of making a, a stance or taking a step or trying to, you know, um, inside action in some way or even, you know, even being a fresh voice into, you know, the political arena, then I think that there's nothing wrong with it as long as they're doing it for, I guess, the right reasons. And, you know what I'm saying? As long as they can hold on to, like you're saying, as much of themselves as they as they can. Because, of course, it is still a game. Yeah. And, of, of course, with them being an outsider, there's only so much they can do. It's it's like being the first person into a new group anytime. Right. I, um, I, <clears throat> I look back at Reagan and how he started out as an actor. And then he eventually got into politics. And I don't know. I guess it's with certain people. If you, if you, I feel like you can look at certain celebrities and tell those who are really serious Mm -hmm. you know you can look at people like uh ben affleck and people like that and see that throughout the entirety of their career as artists they've also been into politics Mm -hmm. so someone like that i would trust because it's not like you just suddenly appear to care yeah you feel me um and also with some people you can tell it's not about them it is about you know a a transition into another area of life and i'm okay with that but I, I think my biggest argument, the problem that I have, isn't necessarily what you said, because that's an understandable debate. The, the problem that I have is, are when people come out and say the celebrities don't get to have a voice. I think that's bullshit. You well, know? Yeah. Like, there's a good argument that could be made about them running for office. But when you say that somebody doesn't get to share their opinions about things, I'm like, what? Like, just because they're a celebrity doesn't mean that their opinion is, d- doesn't matter as much as ours. That's weird to me. Like, my thing is, is that I don't have the same platform that somebody like Jesse Williams has. Yeah. So if Jesse Williams has ideas that I believe in, he gets to be a voice for people who believe in what it is that I believe in, you know? So it's like, be be very careful with your platform. Yeah. But don't allow yourself to be muffled by people just because of your celebrity. Absolutely. You know? No, and I think that's the thing that I normally hear is that people aren't... I don't want to even say they're not being careful, but it's people who normally aren't as educated or as informed. Mm-hmm. And that's usually when I hear the argument that, like, celebrities should just, like, if you're a singer, just shut up and sing. Or if you're an actor, just act. Because you're not as educated and you're trying to appear to be smarter than you are or more informed than you are. And then you come off looking crazy. And then you got to do, you know, this whole um, uh, damage control and everything else. So I can I can understand that argument. Because, yeah, you do have a platform, so you should be informed when you speak because make no comment nobody's gonna be mad at you if you say no comment right. or if you say i'm not gonna answer or do whatever next question like you you don't have to answer so you don't feel like you should say something just because you hear other people saying it so i i understand what you're saying mm-hmm. but i i do think yeah you should be a more informed at least with the, what you're going to say because of your platform well i guess i don't and i guess this is me just being more into politics like i see people like george clooney mm-hmm. who is very knowledgeable about politics and then there have been some people who've told him he shouldn't say anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but that's ludicrous. He well, knows yeah. more about politics than some people who are actually in office. So, exactly. you know, so, <clears throat> so yeah, if you're just some random, I, I believe in freedom of speech. So I want to say that first, but I don't want those who are not educated to mess it up for those who are. Yeah. So I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is people should be weary of blanket statements. And that's across the board for so many things in life. But in this particular instance with uh, with politics, be cautious of just making this blanket statement that celebrities in general don't need to state how they feel because that's not true. Mm-hmm. Certain ones, yes. You know, and again, that goes into life in general. 
we need to be careful about who it is that we're taking god knows that's a whole nother topic when it comes to celebrities and who you listen to and those who speak to you and you decide to follow and lockstep but that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> um, we need to move forward right because you're going to upset some people and i'm going to say no comment yet again i don't want no parts so uh, before we get into my conversation with uh, Mario Gray, let's talk about sex. Okay. Like uh, Salt and Pepper said. Let's talk about sex. No, you weren't ready. For I just it? wanted you to keep going. Listen. That's all I got for you. That's all, all the good things. All and the bad, bad things, things that may be. Let's talk mm-hmm. about sex. Let's talk about sex. Where mm-hmm. we go? Right. I wanted you to sing it, but you know. I'm sorry. I had to make sure I knew the song. You only I... Give me a little bit. Only a little bit. Hey. Okay. You, you I think it's, I think it's a gray area. You know that I told you this like the 80s and then the, the early 90s. It's, it's that I gray. Can't. I can't. It's that gray. So if I start singing "What a Man," you won't know hey, what I'm talking about. Hey, what either. a mighty good man. Shut up. <laughs> Woo! Almost lost it. Oh. Y'all should have seen his face, y'all. <laughs> Woo, boy. <laughs> I was trying to use that excuse and you really wouldn't give it to me. I just don't know that one. I wish I wish we had a camera on. I need to see my face. Oh, you caught me off guard. Woo boy. Oh, anyway. Okay. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> my lord. Okay. So, because I'm I'm trying to remember the last time we had a sexual healing, what you and I talked about when it came to sex. Because I don't want us to talk about the exact same thing again. So I'm like thinking, what is it that we could talk about? Okay, so something that I think is safe that you won't be too shy about. <laughs> Lord knows. <laughs> okay, let's talk about kinks. So let's talk about the kinkiest thing you've done sexually. I think that's pretty safe. Because that's not telling too much business. It's telling something you like without giving away any parties or anything too deep that you've done. Okay. I, I don't. I think. I feel like I'm boring. You said the kinkiest thing, and I'm like, I don't. Uh, okay. I. Uh, <laughs> okay. Let me think on that. I'm really like, mom. Okay. <laughs> I don't. So okay. So <laughs> why are you thinking about that, Jesus? Okay. <laughs> that uh, share with me the a place that you haven't had sex yet that you'd like to in public. A public place you haven't had sex at yet that you'd like to. Who said I want to have sex in public? You do. So even if it never happens, where would you like to do it? Listen, he was, he was <laughs> about to try it. He was about like, to try it. What? what? Do we have this conversation? <laughs> Listen. Okay, so I want to do it like... on the Eiffel Tower. I think that would be hot. I'd like to do it uh, somewhere near the pyramids in Egypt. I think that would be hot. Um, I would like to do it in the in Brazil, the rainforest, but I'm fairly certain something might end up biting us. So that's not a good thing. Um, <laughs> I would like to do it with, on, on a beach in Miami. That would be hot. On a nude beach, preferably in Miami. Yeah, that would be hot. The kinkiest thing I've done. There are honestly way too many things to get into. So I would probably just leave it at food. Um, I was having a conversation that you guys will hear later with Mario uh, when we were talking about (laughs) 
we were talking about different things that people use as far as uh, food and sex. Mm-hmm. And some of the things he shared, you'll hear my response. I was like, what? <laughs> like, huh? I've never heard of that. But yeah, like, of course, the standard whipped cream, chocolate sauce, all those kind of things. But then you get a little bit more imaginative and start using other things. Uh, like, I've used cake batter before. And that was really hot. And what else? See, I'm doing all this, and I swear, he's so slick with being always able to make it like he's so damn innocent. No, not even. I just really am, like, boring. Like, I'm not even trying to be funny. Like, you're talking about, the like, the place, the public place. I've never even thought of that. Like, so, beach? Okay, we can go with beach. I've discussed that with somebody, so we could do that. It okay. has not happened, but I've Like I said, it. a place that you... So, okay. Um, and I like literally kinky is it might be choking. That literally might be. Come on, listen. Basic. I but don't, no, it's I, not basic though. I and this is what you try basic. to do. You try to make things sound so simple, and they're not. So you think you can get away with it? Choking is hot, and that is a really nice kink. Let's be clear. But is that a kink though? Well, I wouldn't call it that. I just call it fun sex. But <laughs> and I think that's what I'm saying. But I some people like- would consider it kinky. Okay. Some people would. Some people would clutch their pearls if you talked about choking during sex. So absolutely, you okay. know. <laughs> I'm just like I. Whatever, I guess. whatever. I well, I know. How about that? I'm making it uh, this. Look, I'm putting it firm. You like to be choked. Okay. Is that what good. I said? <laughs> I don't think that's what I said. <laughs> I don't. That's what happens when you try to just make it these comments like real whatever. Okay. Uh, but I didn't People say I was being you. choked. That's so, not what I so said. So the misfits decided that you like to be choked <laughs> since they you didn't say. They can decide whatever they want to decide. They're okay. not choking me, so okay. they can decide whatever they want. <laughs> Let's be very clear. Somebody in that inbox real quick. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to play with you on today. I'm going to get up and leave. You've been treating me in the studio yet again. That's not what you see to the person who'll be choking, though. Right. <laughs> okay, okay. So <laughs> we're gonna prepare ourselves for my conversation with Mario Gray. <laughs> uh, if you like what you're hearing, you guys make sure that you hit us up on social media. We're gonna let you know now and at the end of the show. That's underscore THS podcast on Twitter. That's THS podcast on Instagram. For me, it's Scorpiogi all across the board, everywhere. And for you, sir? It's uh, Just Call Me Otis on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> you still have me falling out. I can't. And of course, THSpodcast.com, our official website, as well as being able to uh, find our show on Overcast on Apple Podcast, on Stitcher, on Google Play, YouTube, we're all over the place. So you can make sure that you're healing no matter what the platform is. So you guys go ahead and enjoy this extremely informative, very necessary, and definitely important conversation about sex with Mr. Mario Gray. And we'll see you guys on the other side. Enjoy. So you misfits have actually heard from this week's featured guest on our podcast before. He came forward to share his story when we were healing through sexual assault. It was a moving and powerful story that he shared, and it received feedback from a lot of you who experienced a similar journey. He also happens to be my best friend. He's the prevention program coordinator for Us Helping Us, 
which is one of the oldest black owned and operated community organizations in Washington, D.C. UHU focuses on HIV and STI testing, case management, mental health services, social support, housing services, and more. He'll definitely be able to give you more information on this all later. (laughs) Mario Gray, welcome to The Healing Space. Thank you for having me in that amazing intro. (laughs) I feel like I don't have to say a whole lot more. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) I mean, last time you were on here, we didn't really have an opportunity to have a conversation. It was more so about you being able to tell your story. So, you know, I wanted to give you a proper introduction now that you're actually, you know, doing your thing. Oh, thank you. Um, but so I guess I'll, I can speak a bit more on it. Um, so as Raven said, I am from uh, SLPNAS. Uh, it's on Georgia Avenue, Washington, D.C., if you're familiar. Um, and as he said, we're the oldest and largest uh, Black-owned and operated um, organization in D.C. Uh, it actually started out as a support group for HIV-positive males to uh, holistically uh treat HIV because back during that time in the 1980s, a lot of the HIV treatments were deadly. Right. So a lot of this group, these groups, uh, this group of individuals started uh, meeting in a house and eating clean and doing yoga, working out, um, all things that uh, naturally make you more healthier versus taking the medicine. And it did work um, for some so it, it definitely has grown since then, has moved to two different locations. Um, we now have a main office and a second office that caters to the 18 through 29-year-olds. Um, housing services, food pantry, uh, it's definitely growing and getting bigger. We're, we're about to get like nurses and doctors and start to do full health screening. So it's uh, even in the week of... A certain administration uh, was able to grow and to service DC and help everybody. That's our job. That's helping us. That's that's amazing. And uh, for for the the entire time you've been a part of UHU, of course, I've been a part of your life, and I wasn't even aware of the the full story. So I'm learning things along with the misfits as well. So that's cool. I love that yoga had something to do with the beginning <laughs> of UHU. You know, I'm like, I'm like, wow, that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, it would be like this side thing. But, you know, you can always come and teach some stuff. I mean, we would- well, you know, I had an opportunity to teach at the second location you were talking about before. Yeah. And that yeah. was an awesome experience. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. So, of course, I'm looking to come back. So. <laughs> definitely, that would definitely be something cool to do. So uh, I wanted to touch on a little bit of your journey before UHU, kind of leading you up to where you are now, because it's something that I like to talk to people about all the time when I'm sharing your testimony, of course, with, you know, because that's not something you do every day. You don't (laughs) share other people's testimonies, but I'm Mm -hmm. like, I think it's, I think it's inspiring, you know, when I see other people going through their trials and tribulations, walking toward their path and their purpose, I often share your journey with them because of where you were and how I did my best as your friend to pour into you that I felt like there was a direction for you, there was a path. And to be able to see you get to that point is something I'm very proud of. So if you wanted to just speak a little bit of what that journey was like for you to be able to get to the point where you are now with UHU, what was that like? 
So, um, as you kind of hinted at, um, I for a long time, I was really lost. I didn't know what I wanted to do with myself. Um, I was like the perpetual kid. Um, I, I didn't really have direction. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I didn't know what my purpose was um, until I was about 25, 26. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I realized I wanted to help people. And that's like a generic sort of moniker, like, oh, I want to help people. So once I came to that realization, it was like, okay, I want to help people, but how am I helping people? Right. So um, me and you actually went on, we were invited on one of the Us Helping Us uh, retreats that we do Mm -hmm. to Deep Creek, Maryland, in the mountains with the bears and the rivers and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And... um, and, I, and my purpose was revealed to me at there. It was actually a very spiritual experience for me because being in that space with a whole bunch of different men, some that I knew, some that I didn't know, mm-hmm. um, just learning about things I'd never heard of, such as um, prep and pep and, and, and risk reduction and all this stuff that I had no idea because I'm just a, a boy from... East Baltimore that never was taught these things, it, it made me realize that that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to spread these messages of safer sex and how to have, you can still have fun in sex and it's not a scary thing because sex for me was always very scary because I just, I didn't know about HIV. So right. I just, I just was always afraid of it because I didn't know about it. Right. Right. And I ultimately that my goal is to teach people about it so that they aren't as scared as I am and running to get tested in emergency rooms every few every time they have sex or if you are positive just to know that it's not the end of the road and that there are you can live a just as healthy life even even a better life because you're engaged in healthcare um, as somebody who's negative so um, that's really been my journey and I've I've after that retreat, I started to um, pester the workers. Like I, I got to know, I got to know a few of them, and we became Facebook friends and, and actual friends in real life. And I would just keep asking, like, "Hey, are you guys hiring? What's going on? Can I come in? Can I volunteer?" Blah 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 blah. Right. And then eventually, I ended up getting an internship through the DC Health Department, um, and I got to train with like the professionals there I got a lot of different uh, certifications and things and then um, I started us helping us uh, I started out just doing testing and then mm-hmm. from there I went to counseling and then from there I went to uh, running prevention programs so it's been a very interesting journey um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for the world like I've, I've gotten to do so many amazing things. I have to meet so many amazing people. I've gotten to travel. I, I got to get on my first plane um, during this job. <laughs> so it has definitely changed my life for the better. And hopefully, um, in the process, I'm helping to change other people's lives as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's a that's a great segue, a great way for us to make our way over to some of the, the intricacies of what happens with us helping us. So this episode, of course, is sexual healing. So I wanted to get into some of the areas of what you all focus on with us helping us. So if that being said, I'll give the floor over to you. I'll I'll let you be the educator and then I'll just chime in and learn along with a lot of the misfits. Okay, so um, 
So safety. Safety means a lot of different things for different people. Safety could be wearing a condom. Safety could be pulling out. Mm-hmm. So I'm just here to talk to talk to you guys about uh, the different types of safety and in affirming your way of safety, even if it's not the safest thing, that it's still your way right. and there's still some utility to it. So um, there are condoms. There are two types. Well, there are three types of condoms, but one shouldn't be used. There are latex, polyurethane, and sheepskin. Mm-hmm. Sheepskin is a no-no. Do not ever use that. Uh, that's only for pregnancy. And I'm not even sure they sell it in stores anymore um, because it, it's actual sheepskin. So all of the juices and, and stuff will leak out <laughs> and will not be protected. So. But, um, but latex is the, the normal kinds of condoms that we've all used in our lives. Um, and polyurethane is a newer type of condom. So polyurethane can be used with any kind of lube. It can be, uh, it, it's, it's very stretchy and it, it adheres to the penis. So a lot of people say that when they wear a polyurethane condom that it feels like they're not wearing a condom at all. Okay. So polyurethane is a little bit more expensive, but um, if you come into organizations such as Us Up and Us or at any place that's near you, they should have those. Okay. Um, and then there are um, insertive condoms or female condoms or uh, just condoms that go on the inside. So uh, insertive condom is a condom that uh, either a woman or uh, the partner that is being penetrated can put inside to alleviate the penetrators need to put on a condom. Gotcha. So I wish I wish I was on like cam so I could do like a, a demonstration of it. But <laughs> but the condom looks it, it's kind of like the same idea as a trash bag. Right. Not to equate sex and trash, but <laughs> so the way that you <laughs> hopefully all the misfits understand that. <laughs> what is he so saying? <laughs> So the same way that you put a trash bag into a trash can is what you do with a insert of condom. So the condom goes in, um, it adheres to the walls of the anus or the vagina, and part of the condom hangs out so it doesn't slide in. Mm-hmm. And once that, once the act is done, the and the penetrator is uh, ejaculates, then you just pull it out, tie it up, and throw it away. So that can be a good. Um, alternative for a lot of for people that say that the penetrator can't stay hard if they're putting a condom on um if they are with a partner that doesn't want to wear condoms for whatever reason um if they're if they are a sex worker and they don't they want to give the illusion that they're having condomless sex um if you're in an abusive relationship and the partner doesn't want to use condoms there's a lot of utility for um penetrative condoms for um insertive condoms right well and i don't think a lot of people know about it um i went to a a conference the other day and i gave like a a whole demo of it and people were like amazed because they can never (laughs) i I can (laughs) only imagine how many misfits are listening to this right now like wow (laughs) yeah the women were picking it up like oh for real let me get some of these <laughs> now they trying to stuff a bunch of them in their purse. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they went home and had a good time that night. <laughs> a whole new world. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and then another thing uh, 
another thing I like to talk about is risk reduction. So mm-hmm. risk reduction is something that's not necessarily safe, the safest, like condoms and other stuff like that, but it is something. Right. It, 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 it takes some of the risk away, right? So um, one of the biggest things for risk reduction is PrEP. And mm-hmm. PrEP is pre-exposure prophylaxis. It is a pill that you take before you come into contact with HIV. And if it enters your body, then it protects your cells from being uh, invaded by the HIV virus. So a quick little lesson on how HIV works. HIV needs to get into a white blood cell. So your white blood cells are part of your immune system, and they fight against anything from a cold to cancer like and no matter what happens with your body white blood cells are there to fight it so what hiv needs is for a white blood cell to be present for it to jump inside of it so uh, white blood cells are underneath the submucosa so they're not always floating around so when you have condomless sex hiv comes into your body if there are no white blood cells hiv dies but if HIV comes into your body and syphilis and gonorrhea or chlamydia or anything like that. The white blood cells are present. HIV has what it needs to jump into the cell. Then it starts to replicate. Mm. So, and white blood cells could be present if you get rips or tears from having rough sex. It could be present from eating Doritos and your mouth is cut up and has microscopic cuts. It could be there because you have the flu and your uh, immune system is compromised. So PrEP is basically there to stop all of that from happening. It okay. it coats the cell, basically, and doesn't allow it to go in. Got you. Okay. Right? So I, I think that was the simplest I can explain it. <laughs> well, what's the, what's the, what's the percentage for, for PrEP as far as how, how well does it work? I'm, I'm sure you guys have found in your studies. So the percentage for is about ninety six to ninety eight. Um, there isn't there isn't anything that you could say is a hundred percent. Absolutely, absolutely. Besides, staying whatever color you are and dying. So <laughs> I, I was about to say even with that, <laughs> that's not completely true. <laughs> right. So, um, and, and the thing is that you need to take it every day. Okay. Um. As long as you're in that situation where you feel like you need to take it. So if you're dating someone that is HIV positive, if you are having uh, promiscuous sex, for the lack of a better term, um, or just whatever the case is, if you just feel like you're at risk, then you should be taking PrEP if you're on it. Um, so, and the thing with PrEP is you don't have to stay on it. Mm-hmm. So let's say I am having condomless sex with random people and then I decide, oh, I want to be in a relationship now. So I can get off of PrEP and be with this one person, and after that ends or whatever the case is, I can get back onto PrEP and continue on doing whatever I want to do. Okay, so I have two questions. The first one is you were talking about if you were in a relationship with someone who is HIV positive. So if you're in a relationship with someone who's positive, would you continue to wear a condom and also be on PrEP? So <clears throat> that that there's options with that. Okay. So 
Uh, that's something. That's something else I was going to talk about with risk reduction. Um, when an HIV positive person takes their medication and they reach, reach a level of undetectable status, yeah. yeah. So undetectable is when you have less than twenty copies of the virus per milliliter of blood. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a very very small percentage of the virus. So when that person is undetectable, they cannot transmit the virus to you, okay. no matter what they do. They could bleed on you, in you, nut in you, whatever the case is. They cannot transmit the virus to you, and that's just been uh, sort of that's just been like officially dinged by the CDC recently. Okay. So, if you are dating someone who's HIV positive and they are undetectable, and you would not like to wear condoms, to not because I don't like when people um, try to put all of the the burden on to the person who's positive right you can be on prep and you both can be that will give you a double layer of protection so if you're not going to use condoms then you both are protected gotcha right and so but, my i'm sorry go ahead no, 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 go ahead. i was going to say my my second question is i have quite a few friends who are on prep and you and i've had this conversation because we have some friends who we have in common mm-hmm. who are on prep and people experience different side effects so, well, will the side effects continue to happen since you have to take it every day, or is it kind of the in the very beginning prep is getting used to your system, and that's the reason why those side effects occur in the beginning? Yeah, so it's that. So with prep, you typically you have um, like stomach issues, so you may have like diarrhea, you may have like, stomach aches, you may have headaches, you may have um, vivid dreams. Um, Really, when I, I was actually on prep for a while, the only one that really, I guess, bothered me was the vivid dreams because they were kind of scary. Like, right. It, right. <laughs> because it was really, it was weird because you would like, it would almost be like a TV show, like how it like seamlessly trans transitions to yeah. like different scenes. It would be like, I'm asleep and I'm having this crazy dream and now I'm awake and it's like, what is real? But that only lasted for the first week. Not to scare anybody. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're, you're being honest and it's, it's appreciated. <laughs> People need to... Yeah, like I always try to be honest about those kinds of things. So um, the vivid dreams, I had the vivid dreams and the stomach aches. And after the first week, that went away and I was completely normal after that. Okay. Yeah. So... To get prep, so to get prep, um, you can either go through your insurance, uh, your personal insurance. Uh, a lot of them do take prep, do uh, cover prep now. Um, but if they don't, then the manufacturer Gilead um, Sciences actually has a copay assistance card. Okay. So you could go through Gilead to get this card, and you would just you would either have to not pay anything, or you have to pay a small amount to get onto prep. So there are, or you can come into a community-based organization like us helping us or whatever is close to you, and they can get you on the prep as well. Okay. Yeah. So there are options to get into prep if you never heard of it and you want to learn more or you want to try it out and see if it's good a good fit for you. There are a couple different ways to get on it. Good. Yeah. Uh, and then the opposite of prep is PEP. So PEP is post-exposure prophylaxis. Um, that is what you take after you think that you have been exposed to HIV. So PEP must be taken within 72 hours. So you have three days. So if you take, if you have this incident on Friday, you have until Monday 
the yeah Monday to the end of Monday to take it. Okay. Um, so you get PEP from an emergency room because PEP was originally for doctors that were uh, dealing with needles and if they got pricked or something, right. then they would take PEP. And PEP is basically an HIV regimen that you the, the same regimen uh, an HIV positive person would take every day is what um, you would take for 30 days. So you would take it for a month to make sure that um, you HIV didn't have what it needed to start to uh, replicate. Okay. Right. Um, PEP is like last ditch effort. It like PEP can't be taken more than once or two, one or two times, I believe. So if you've gotten PEP, the the ultimate goal is to get you onto PrEP so that you don't have to come and get PEP again. Okay. Um, because they won't give it to you if they see that you have done it more than once or twice. Um, now, and are PEP, you are you able to explain the reason why? That I'm not 100% sure, but I know that they don't want to keep doing that because they, they feel like, I, I guess I see the reasoning is that if you, if they give you the option to keep doing it, then some people would just keep doing it. I was about it. to say something in my spirit tells me we know the reason why. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that isn't something that you want to take uh, often. Right. If, because it's, it's, it's very harsh on the body. Uh, um, I was going to ask what the side effects can be. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very harsh. It's the same sort of things that you can happen with prep. Um, nausea, also um, headaches, um, all kinds of... You could just, you'll just feel very sick. Right. Um, so it's not something that should just be leisurely taken anyway. But PEP is mostly for... Um, well, it, it is for mistakes, um, but it's really for either if you have an accident with like a needle prick or if you were sexually assaulted or something like that, like extreme situations. So PEP is last ditch effort and it shouldn't be taken as like, oh, I, I think I messed up and I'm just going to go get PEP now. Gotcha. All right. Um, I already talked about treatment as prevention. Um, so treatment as prevention is when an HIV positive person becomes undetectable. And undetectable is when you have less than 20 copies of the virus in your blood. And that means that you can't transmit the virus. So the CDC wants to get to a point where um, everyone knows their status. Everyone who knows their status, well, 90% of the population knows their status. 90% who know their status are virally suppressed. And 90% of negative people are on PrEP. Okay. All right, so if we get to that point where everyone basically knows their status and is doing something actively to maintain their status, then HIV, HIV goes away. Right. And that's something that they are looking to have done by 2020, I believe. Okay. So it's definitely doable, and we're doing the work to get that to happen. Um, we'll, we'll, like, have to, like, reevaluate our jobs at that point. But <laughs> yeah. that's the <laughs> to that point. Um, and we'll, we'll work it out. Like, that, we're not. <laughs> right, right. I mean, there there are people being born all the time, so there, there's always going to be new new generations. So at at the very least, if it gets to the point where everyone's being mindful and doing it, you still can continue to educate. So there'll always exactly. be a need for us helping us. Yeah, 
Exactly. And now, and now that we're moving into like full healthcare, then yeah, that'll definitely still be a need. Yeah. Um, what else do I want to talk about? So I want to talk about risk reduction, but I want to pull up the list of risk reduction methods because I'm pretty sure you'll be surprised by some of them or somebody will be surprised by them. Right. (laughs) (laughs) One of the misfits listening will be like, oh, they just keep dropping knowledge. Okay. (laughs) Need an opportunity to share this with some people. Which I hope all of you do for you misfits who are listening. I definitely hope that you guys make sure that you're sharing this conversation because it's necessary and needed for us to not only be educated, but to spread that education as well. Definitely. Um, yeah, because I teach a class called um, Raw Raising Awareness Within, and that's the main purpose of that class is to get people to learn the information and then go out and teach people that would never come into a community based organization because of whatever reason, either they're DL if they're gay or they're straight and they don't feel like they need this information, or they're an older person, our moms, our dads who are single or having sex and things like that. Even though that's a thought that we all don't want to have, but it's happening right Right now. Some old person is getting it in. I can't. They just know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, sir, risk reduction. (laughs) All right. So, like I said, risk reduction are methods that aren't necessarily 100% effective, but they can lower your risk of contracting HIV and STIs. So first on the list is using lube. Um, Using lube is good because um, it's good because it alleviates the tears, the ripping, the bleeding that could happen. Um, If you're having rough sex, it could lower the friction. Um, And it needs to be water-based lube so we're not water or uh silicone based we're not talking about lotion crisco uh vaseline baby oil uh that the coconut oil that you got in your refrigerator like none of that type of stuff yeah all of those things i've have I've heard about being used. Uh, <laughs> I like how you said that. I've yeah. heard about Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard stories <laughs> on Reddit or something. So, yeah, <laughs> using lube is definitely uh, with a condom or without a condom. Um, and definitely spit is not lube. Spit can be used in conjunction with lube, but spit alone is not lube. I don't care how... Well, at least for if you're having anal sex. I don't care how wet that you say you get. If you wear, if the person is wearing a condom and they spit and they they start to have, the person has sex, like it'll start to dry up. Oh, it, so, just, it just sounds painful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and then you're giving um, HIV and STIs exactly what they need to get into your bloodstream. So Absolutely. we're not. Yeah, so we're going to use lube, um, silicone, and water base. All right, um, next is keeping the lights on. So it sounds silly, but uh, just keeping the lights on so you can examine, you can look um, if there's any any rashes, any bumps, any 
discharge, anything that looks out of the ordinary that you wouldn't have seen if the lights were off, uh, you could see with the lights on. So it's definitely, especially for the first time you have sex with someone, yeah. it's definitely a good practice to keep the lights on. You can like make it sexy and like, I don't know, do a little dance or something, like whatever it is, <laughs> whatever it is that you want to do to justify keeping the lights on or the TV on or a night light, just so it's not pitch black in the room. Right. You can look and feel and smell and all of that. Yeah. Um, next on the list is douching less. And this is more for um, women that have anal sex and, and men who, uh, who have penetrative sex. So using a douche or a fleet uh, is what people use to clean out mostly. But when you use it too often, it starts to wear on the lining of your anus and it starts to bleed or like make microsco microscopic tears. So I don't like to tell people to not use it because if that's the way that you've been taught to clean out, I don't want to be the reason that right. you have an accident and you're not going to be like, oh, my elf, I'm something else. You said. <laughs> <laughs> So I just I would just say douche less if you're in a relationship and the person likes to have uh, anal sex often, then you could think about changing your diet. You could think about drinking more water. You could think about taking fiber supplements, um, just doing things so that you can naturally have the bowel movements instead of forcing them to come out. Because eventually, if you use a, a, a douche or anything that makes you go to the bathroom enough, you'll become dependent on it, and then you won't be able to go as you normally would. Yeah. So, yeah. Listen, yeah. And, and you and I have, before you were with um, us helping us, you and I have had these conversations before, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, this is the healing space. So we're always very, very transparent on here. We don't hide anything from our misfits. <laughs> so uh, it's fairly clear to everyone that I'm a same gender loving man. So <laughs> uh, I have. Uh, right. Exactly. As are you. And so I've been on both sides, you know, when it comes to uh, being penetrated and being the penetrator. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I have been the former, I've talked to you about the fact that I have never used anything like that before. And I'm so glad that you're sharing with our misfits who are listening right now that a proper diet plays a big part in it, because I think that could be the reason why those situations have never happened to me. Because, you know, even though I've been mocked <laughs> for many years because of my eating habits, I also end up not experiencing the same things as others, you know, so I've never felt the need to do that. Uh, but I also appreciate the fact that you've let people know this isn't uh, a shaming situation either, you know, that you're yeah. you're telling people at the very least to just cut back on doing it as much. Uh, right. Because I've, I've heard horror stories, you know, from people and they they weren't aware of the reason why it was happening. They look past the dishing, you know, uh, because in their minds, it can't be that that's what's helping me from, you know, not being, quote unquote, messy. So they never realize that that's what it is, that that's the reason why it's happening. So I'm definitely glad that you're sharing that with people. Right. All right. So do some less. And that leads right into the next thing, which is using anal suppositories instead. So an anal suppository is basically like a little gel type pill that you can get from a Rite Aid or CVS. Um, they usually sell them um, by the pharmacy. And you basically put this little gel tab into, you insert it inside of your butt and you push it up as far as possible. The gel 
starts to melt and it basically draws down everything that is in your lower intestine and you end up just going to the bathroom kind of naturally and after that you can you can do it again um, just to make sure and after that you are pretty much done so that alleviates the need to start to force water and vinegar or whatever else into your anus when you can just naturally have it kind of just come down okay and and is that it well one did you already explain where we could get that from yeah, so you can get it from um, like a, your local pharmacy, so like CVS, Rite Aid, Walmart, um, Walgreens, Harris Teeter, not Harris Teeter, um, what's the one in New York? Uh, Dwayne Reed. Yeah, Dwayne Reed. All, all those types of stores, uh, those similar type stores ha- should have it. And is it expensive? No, um, I think you can probably get it for between 5 to $7. Not um, bad I, at all, okay. Yeah, and that's about the price of like a two pack of fleet or something. So <laughs> then you'll, you'll get a, a lot more bang for your buck. Literally. With... <laughs> I was going to say, I, was saying, I, I like how you did that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I definitely, uh, I suggest just giving it a try. Even if you don't plan on having sex, just giving it a try, see how you feel. Um, and just trying it out and, uh, uh, making sure it's something that you you can do uh, when you actually are going to have sex, okay. and it's not something I should have mentioned that it's not something you do in a, in a few minutes before. Like you, there, it, it needs some prep time for this. Right. So, um, preferably a couple hours just to like give it time to melt, and if you want to redo it and get everything out. Um, so yeah, if he's at the door, then you might have to tell him no that night. But right. <laughs> <laughs> like. And and speaking of that, that actually leads into another one. So oral sex versus penetrative sex. So oral sex has a much lower risk of HIV um, contraction than penetrative sex because penetrative sex, uh, it's in an area that is very fragile. The walls are fragile. The, there are white blood cells underneath the walls. There, there's a lot more opportunity for HIV to try to get inside versus in your mouth. So your mouth, though, is is susceptible to STI. So that, that goes back to keeping the lights on and looking at it before you put it in your mouth or lick it or whatever the case is. Right. Um, and not being afraid to say, hey, what is this? Or I don't think you've noticed this and blah, blah, blah. blah. It could yeah. be a teachable, mo- a teachable moment versus like a shaming thing because the person may not know. Absolutely. They could think it was a hair bump or they could think that they shaved and that's why they have the rash or whatever the case is. And it could be that. But uh, pointing it out so that they can go and, t- and, and get it checked out is definitely, yes. um, that's part of risk reduction as well. Just being open to so having these conversations. Absolutely. I, I feel like if you're going to share your body with someone, there should never be a point where you feel like you're embarrassed to have those conversations, you know, right. especially when it comes to full on penetration. If you're able to, to get more into the spiritual side of things, you know, if you're allowing someone to enter into your body, there's a relationship that's being made. Even if, you know, this is a one night stand and you're never going to see the person again, this is still a relationship, you know, a relationship in the sense that your body is having a relationship with someone else. There is a higher experience that's taking place. So you owe it to yourself to be able to ask those questions, because even though you may never see them again, what's transpiring between your bodies could live long after they're gone, you know? Exactly. All right. 
So definitely having these conversations, talking about the last time you've gotten tested, they've gotten tested, just talking, they talk about sexual history, if they're comfortable talking about that or if you're comfortable talking with it, about it. Um, having the conversation or at least beginning the conversation because you never know what somebody is comfortable with until you ask. Right. And if you aren't comfortable with it, then maybe that's not somebody you need to have sex with. Um, so, Amen. Um, yeah, so those are things to keep in mind. Um, next two things kind of go together. So pulling out and pushing out. So if you get to the point where you're having sex, there is no condom, um, the, the, the top or the penetrator has the option to pull out. Um, so it's there's still semen there's still pre-cum there's still there's still fluids going in but it's better to have some of the fluids and not all of the fluids right right? so the more fluid that you can take out of the equation the better um and the same thing with pushing out so let's say that the penetrator did ejaculate inside then then it's better to get the remains and the juices out of you versus to let it marinate and have this opportunity to go where it's going to go. So pulling out and pushing out, those are not necessarily CDC approved things, but they are risk reduction and people have been doing them for years. Right. All right. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, drinking more water, eating healthier, um, just to be a healthier person in general. So your white blood cells aren't traveling around trying to figure out what's wrong. Um, you feel better, you have less chance of, of having rips and tears when you're not dehydrated, all those types of things. Um, treatment as prevention, which I talked about when you're undetectable, um, you're untransmittable. Getting tested every three to six months. So <clears throat> this is important for anyone who is HIV positive, negative, doesn't matter. Getting tested for HIV and STIs every three to six months is vitally important because all STIs do not have uh, symptoms. So you could have something in your mouth, in the back of your throat, in in, in your vagina or in, in your anus and not ever know about it because you don't feel anything, you feel normal. And that's that's leads to another thing about advocating for yourself when you go to get tested and when you go to the doctor. So typically, at least for men, when you go to the doctor, you will get a urine sample, possibly a throat swab, and that's it. So if you do have uh, STI in your anus, if you have penetrative sex, then you'll never know that it's there because it won't show up in the other test. It'll only show up in the urine test, I mean, in the uh, rectal swab. Right. So it's definitely important to get to know your doctor, to feel comfortable with your doctor, to be able to have these conversations about what you actually do. If you do not feel comfortable with your doctor, then it might be a good time to look for another one. Yeah. So you can talk about these things and you're not uh, leaving him, him or her in the dark and they don't know what they should be looking for. Right. Um, next is testing with your partner. So a partner could be anyone. It could be your main partner. It could be a side piece. It could be uh, uh, friends with benefits. It could be multiple people. It doesn't matter. If you have partner or partners that you have sex with often, um, or if even if a one night stand, if they feel comfortable going with you to get tested, that would be optimal. That doesn't necessarily mean that you should um, have condomless sex with that person because 
there is a, a slight window period for HIV and STIs, but it's better to have some sort of idea what's going on than none at all. Right. Um, I talked about um, partner sexual history. Um, for people that use drugs, so if, for any drugs that require needles, cleaning needles with bleach or using a needle exchange um, is risk reduction. So we, we know that drugs are bad and we don't, well, at least those kinds of drugs are bad and we don't want people to be on them. But if they're going to be on it, we want them to be as safe as possible. So cleaning needles with hot water and bleach works. But an even better thing to be able to get fresher needles or fresh needles that come out of a pack is to go to a needle exchange. And that's usually at clinics and community organizations, um, methadone clinics, stuff like that. Right. Um, yeah, oral sex versus penetrative sex and prep and pep. So, yeah, those are... Um, some, those are a lot of risk reduction methods, but I'm sure there are a lot more, but those are the ones I try to focus on. Um, just getting people to start to have these conversations to, um, just take more sexual responsibility and not just leaving it up to the other person. So I think that's important. Well, sexual, sexual healing is important. And I, I always knew that it, when I had you on here to talk about what it is that you do with us helping us that I plan to have you on here again <laughs> because this is just a continuing conversation you know mm-hmm. so this this is a great way to introduce our misfits to what it is that you all do at UHU but the conversation continues so this right. definitely won't be the last time I'll have you you know uh, and else helping us on here uh, speaking of which I would like to say thank you because starting in the month of May, you guys are coming on to sponsor for the healing space. So I wanted to take this opportunity to thank you. <laughs> you are welcome. Um, <laughs> you know, you know that I've, I've, I've always believed it, like ever since uh, the, the, the shows and everything you did in Baltimore, like I've always believed in you and I've never had really the means to support you in the way that I wanted. And now that I do, I definitely feel like, this would be an amazing chance for both of us to start to grow and start to think about, think out of the box and start to just get people aware because your audience may not be my audience and my audience may not be yours. So that it's definitely going to be very lucrative, not lucrative. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm going to let somebody send the money. I'll take that. But I got cash at me. But <laughs> not cash at me. I can't. <laughs> but um but with that being said, the last thing I want to talk about is um something in, in my class uh in raw that I like to talk about is freaky stuff you may or may not know about. Yeah. So this is so it is sex acts that there are a lot of sex acts, and some of us do a lot of them. Some of us are more basic. Some of us are more explorative. So I just want to talk about some of these things so that you can know about it. And if you participate in it or if you know someone that participates in it, then you'll be able to know what risks are associated with that and what they are. So you can maybe try them tonight if you wanted to. So uh, first on the list is pegging. So pegging is when a woman puts on a strap on to um, penetrate a man. Okay. Uh, so they, it doesn't have to be a gay man. It could be a straight man, whatever the case is. Um, 
pegging and doesn't have any inherent risk uh, besides the need to clean the toy and to not share it, basically. That's another thing for the risk reduction. Actually, I forgot about that one. Um, either cleaning toys with hot water um, or not sharing them at all. Mm-hmm. Because sharing them, there's juices and all kinds of things, so you don't want to do that unless you clean them thoroughly. Right. All right, so pegging is the first one. Threesome. So threesome. It's very self-explanatory. There's three people having sex. All kinds of things are going on. Uh, threesomes can be risky because the more the more people and equals the more fluids, and the more fluids means the more uh, you could come into contact with heavier and STI. So just to be very careful with threesomes, um, condoms, prep, uh, the normal risk reduction methods. Uh, snowballing is next. So snowballing, if, if for any anybody that's gay and they watched um, Coco Dorn back in the day, I'm sure you would know what snowballing <laughs> <laughs> And they did it in that same room every time. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so snowballing is when someone ejaculates into someone's mouth and the, they kiss the other person. Mm-hmm. So, and then you pass it, you pass it between each other. So that that's what it, that's what the act is. So, as far as snowballing, that's not necessarily risky for STIs, but it's definitely risky for HIV. I mean, it's not risky for HIV, it's, but it's more risky for STIs. I was about to say, I'm pretty sure you mean that the other way around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, that's risky for STIs uh, because there's fluid is going to your mouth and all those types of things. Right. So you are going to chlamydia, stuff like that. Um, so S&M and BDSM. So sadomasochism and bondage domination sadomasochism. So that doesn't necessarily refer to sex. It refers to um, being tied up, whips, chains, um candle uh like candle play where you're like pouring hot wax on someone mm-hmm. pinging where you put a metal rod into someone's urethra and hit it okay okay <laughs> i'm sorry that was a natural reaction you caught me off guard with that <laughs> i was like okay pause <laughs> yeah um biting all, all those types of things so um so uh a sadist uh, likes to give pain and a masochist likes to receive pain. Mm-hmm. So, uh, S&M and DSM, that doesn't necessarily have to do with, uh, it doesn't have any inherent risk because it's not necessarily sexual. Okay. Um, Dirty Sanchez, so that's an interesting one. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dirty Sanchez is when you, the penetrator is having sex with the, penet- the person being penetrated in their anus and they pull out and and wipe their penis across the person's mouth. So it makes like a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't need to be on video with each, with each other right now because you're seeing my expressions. I'm like, okay. okay. <laughs> right. So, it, so it's, it's really like a racist kind of thing. It's like a... Right, because I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. <laughs> and that's what's called a... I don't even want to say it. Like, that just sounds right. so horrible. 
So, uh, so that is risky for more of. So whenever you deal with anal stuff and you have to come into contact with fecal matter, you think about hepatitis because hepatitis is a disease that you can contract from fecal matter if it's in food or if it's in water, things like that. Uh, hepatitis um, attacks your liver. Hepa stands for um, liver and titus stands for inflammation. So it, you can get at least cirrhosis of the liver. So. Um, hepatitis can do that, it's sexually transmitted, or you can get that from drinking too much or all those other types of things. So there's different types of inflammation, um, cirrhosis of the liver. But either way, going back to Dirty Sanchez, when you think about fecal matter, then you think about hepatitis. Okay. Uh, gerbiling is something that you should call the police for if you know somebody doing it. Oh, Lord. But, um, gerbiling is a a form of bestiality, um, and that is when you put a gerbil into a condom and insert it into someone. And as the gerbil tries to escape the confines of the condom, it is like, it's causing a sensation for the person that it's inside of. But the issue comes in because the gerbil ultimately dies because it's inside of Uh a condom or a balloon or whatever it is that you put it inside of, so it's going to die. So it's bestiality and it's illegal and you shouldn't do it. And that's one of the only time. well, I have one other time I say you shouldn't do it, but yeah, I'm sex positive, but to a point. Listen, that's real. (laughs) That's real. This is non-judgment yeah. zone, but still, like... <laughs> no, please tell me so I can come to you with the police. <laughs> <laughs> so, that is gerbiling. Um, Eiffel Tower is, is similar to a threesome, so it's basically uh, being the middle piece of a threesome. So, there's somebody behind you and there's someone in front of you. Mm-hmm. So, it has the same risk as at the reason you just need to make sure everybody's wearing condoms or if prep needs to be there undetectable status all those sorts of things right um frottage i actually forgot about that too that's another risk reduction method so frottage is just pumping like dry pumping so if like i've been told that if you know how to put your legs together in a certain kind of way then you can make the illusion that the person is like Fucking something. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that that's definitely a way that you can have risk reduction if you are not necessarily wanting to have sex and the person is being pushy or, uh, again, sex worker or things you're just not prepared to have sex. Whatever the case is, you can, I'm sure you can, like, YouTube how to increase this up your legs. <laughs> you can, Make it seem like a cr- a, a crevasse. <laughs> um, another interesting one. So a bumpkin. Have you heard of that before? No, this one. I think I've heard of almost everyone you said. <laughs> I've never heard of this one. You heard of dirty Sanchez before? Yes, I didn't know what it was, but I've heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard of a dirty that more than once. <laughs> Okay, so blump, a bumpkin is... I'm sorry, I'm going to keep laughing every time you say it. <laughs> it is basically giving or receiving head oral sex while you are on the toilet. They have a term for that? Yes. I mean, well, you're, on the, you're not just sitting there. You're, like, using the bathroom. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Who thinks of these things? <laughs> okay. Look. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's it's been done. 
So, um, so yeah, it, it comes along with the same risk as oral sex and, again, hepatitis because you are in close proximity to fecal matter. All right. Um, fisting. So, fisting is the act of putting, well, eventually getting your fist or your whole hand into someone's vagina or anus. Um, it's not uh, un. Uh, not too popular belief that it's not just you punching somebody in the butt. Like oh, no. it's not. <laughs> it, it it really starts out with one finger, two fingers, a couple right. fingers, and then you get you get to the point where you have an open palm in there. And a lot of people don't even get to the fist part because once you make it a fist, that makes it even bigger. So it's it's really like like kind of like a karate chop more than a fist. Um, pointing to somebody. <laughs> you said someone. I just thought of. I just thought of One Punch Man when you were like, "This takes a punch." <laughs> exactly. I'm sure he does it all the time. Shut up. <laughs> one, one punch. <laughs> so he's, he's actually never had penetrational sex because he just always does the one punch. <laughs> <laughs> And then they're done. Fatage and fisting. That's his prescription <laughs> plan. <laughs> so, um, so, fisting. Um, the only, there's no risk of HIV STIs, but you need to make sure that you are oiled and greased up enough to have an entire fist in there. So you're not using platinum wet to do to, to fist. No. Like you <laughs> like industrial like lubricants <laughs> for like surgeries and stuff. <laughs> you're not you're not just gonna put like a dab. Like, oh, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's it's moist. <laughs> so keep that in mind if you have aspirations to have that inside of you or put your fist into someone <laughs> that you need properly. And you should probably do some research on it too. Mm-hmm. Um, food plays, just using food. Um, like I've heard of people using ketchup and barbecue sauce and uh, I, I, people be hungry. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, I mean, I've used food before. I've never. That sounds like a whole meal. Like, exactly. And ketchup. I mean, you you got the meat right there. Why not put a topping on it? I'm so done. I'm <laughs> put it in the bun. <laughs> put it in the bun. <laughs> Listen, you're going towards cannibalism now. <laughs> okay. So next would be water sports. So water sports are pee. Mm-hmm. You're peeing on someone, in someone, around someone. Um, so that doesn't necessarily have any any uh, effects because pee is sterile. Um, and unless there's blood or discharge in the urine, then there's nothing to worry about with that. Just make sure you are somewhere where it's not getting everywhere. Like a... a some of towels or a tub or somewhere. <laughs> um, oh, another thing that you need to call the police for, necrophilia. So necrophilia is... Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, so necrophilia please. is having sex with a dead body. So Please call the cops. <laughs> yeah, so we're not doing that because I have questions about, first, how did this person become dead? Ooh, <laughs> <Because> yeah, <listen. laughs> like, or if you found it, then... 
yeah, there's, there's too many implications with that. So listen, come on, <laughs> sneaking so, yeah. morgues like what's going on. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Um, a lot of times, because you know, I'm I'm creepy, so I do research on this kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> People engage, well, at least some people engage in necrophilia because they have issues with actual people, either like being impotent or being really nervous or afraid of judgment or or stuff like that. Right. So you can have sex with somebody that I have sex with a person and they don't give any feedback and they're an actual person and not like a sex doll or something. Then that's kind of like a middle ground or whatever. But you still shouldn't do it. Listen. Because it's not. <laughs> Listen. Yeah, we won't be desecrating bodies. <laughs> Goodness. I already spoke about bestiality. Call the police. Um, <laughs> orgies. So orgies are more than three people. Mm-hmm. So there's four, five, six, a house full of people. So when you get to that point, um, again, like I said, when you introduce more people, there's more fluids and there are more chances of STIs. So STIs and HIV. So you just want to be sure that you're protected, you're wearing condoms with every person. People aren't sharing condoms on multiple people. That's very important. So if somebody, if you have, if you are wearing the condom and you have sex with one person, you're protected. But if you go and have someone sex with someone else, they're not protected because you're taking person's one juices and putting it inside of person two. Right. So just to be mindful of that and to have a bunch of condoms on hand or maybe have a group trip to the clinic. So <laughs> whatever it is that you would like to do so that you're not sharing condoms like that. Come on, field trip. <laughs> Come on. I mean, you do what you have to do. <laughs> do a Thursday night, so Friday, y'all good. Y'all good. <laughs> um, a bathhouse. So a bathhouse is something I actually didn't know about until moved closer to D.C. Because it's... really. Yeah, because it's illegal. But you'd heard of them before. No, because it's illegal in Baltimore. Um, so, but you, have, but you're such a researcher. <laughs> I figured in all of your vast research, you would have heard. I mean, I think I've seen them in like movies and stuff, but I didn't know if they were like actual things. Things like, got you. Yeah. So a bathhouse is a place where you can either go to work out, uh, take a bath, take a shower, uh, uh, have like a spa sort of day, or have sex. Mm-hmm. It's really. Um, open to whatever it is you want to do. You can watch, you can participate, you can uh, bring a partner there, and you two can just have sex and have the, the thrill of having sex in public. It's it's really a space where you can do anything. So I can't really give you any uh, risk associated with it, but just take standard precautions when you go right. to it. Um, voyeurism is watching people have sex, and, ex- and being an exhibitionist is, like, is to like being had being liked to be watched having sex. I don't know why that was so hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> or, or doing sexual things. So <clears throat> I can be an exhibitionist and jerk off in front of a, a window, an open window, and people can be walking by and see me, and that could be my form of being an exhibitionist. Right. So it doesn't necessarily have to be sex. Uh, and when you're watching people, that can be, well, you don't want to do anything illegal and get locked up. You don't want to look through people's windows or anything. Right. <laughs> there are like willing people that were like, watch us have sex. Then you could do, you could do that. Or even watching stuff on webcams, um, that could be considered voyeurism because they're a live person and they're doing things for your enjoyment. Right. Um, 
A very dangerous thing that I found out about recently is um, blood slamming. Oh. So, so apparently, so have you ever seen a movie where people are like blood brothers and like they do like little, like a little like initiation thing, like like, like like cutting their palm and shaking hands or something like that. Yes, and that's exactly what it is. So it's basically exchanging blood so that. You, you can feel like that person's a part of you or that you can express the closeness that you have with this person. So blood slamming is a no because yes. <laughs> that is literally the most direct way to transmit HIV. Like there's no way faster that you can contract HIV. So blood, I, I mean, maybe you can like do something symbolic or get like a vial of blood like Angelina and, and, and uh, Billy Bob. And, Bob did, but please do not share your blood with people unless you're donating it because that's not that is the 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 quickest way to contract HIV or anything else that someone may have in their blood. Child, come up with a secret handshake or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Make some bloody moves like Cardi B or something, but not like <laughs> that. I can't. <laughs> Um, toys, so toys can be a flashlight, a dildo, uh, handcuffs, uh, nipple clamps, um, a sex doll, a sex sling. Um, there are a lot of different types of toys. Actually, I want to try a sex sling at some point. I haven't tried that, but they're expensive. Yes, but, um, <laughs> they are. <laughs> I don't yes, want the are. cheap one that I can like hang in my doorway because, like, what if it falls down or something? I don't know. How do you explain that when you go to the hospital? Like, you know, <laughs> I was just hanging out in my doorway. And You'd I be fell. surprised. They'd be like, okay, we've heard that a thousand times. Right. <laughs> so toys can be um, a lot of different things. You can even like make toys out of like vegetables and things like that, whatever the case is. But long as you're not sharing toys, and if you are sharing toys, you're washing them thoroughly so you're not sharing juices, then you are good on that. Um. Also, on to the last two things. The last, uh, the uh, second from last is scat, and scat is playing with shit, basically. Um, to put it in simplest terms, um, so I don't know if you've seen two girls, one cup, or uh, other things like that, where you're basically eating, wiping it on you, doing all kind, doing things with with shit, whatever it is that you like to do with it, um, and again. Hepatitis is a big thing to worry about with that. Also, like parasites and stuff like that. But um, as far as my purposes, is hepatitis. So that's something to keep in mind if you are into scat. So, so just keep in mind that when you say scat in this in this term, you're not talking about what Ella Fitzgerald does. You're talking about something. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, maybe they could scat with it. It like <laughs> no. <Thank you. laughs> That can be like scat scat. <laughs> scat scat. Scat scatting. Sounds like somebody's nickname, scat scat. We could talk to Quill about it. Right. I can't. I can't. Because <laughs> you know that's immediately who I thought of. <laughs> um, and the last thing is actually something else I, I've, I've just found out about in my journeys through my bitster and Pornhub is cuckold, cuckolding. Who? And cuckold is how, like C-U-C-K-O-L-D. Oh, I feel like I've heard of that, but okay, go ahead. Yeah, so that is basically when there's like a black, a black guy 
in like a white couple and like the black guys like this domineering presence and like the and has sex with the girl and the guy kind of like either watches or kind of like joins in and like dude does little stuff sometimes like homoerotic stuff sometimes not so it's it's I guess that's the best way I can explain it. It's, it's really interesting. So it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like reparations type sex or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking at it like I'm interested to know where this, this word came from that they created for it. <laughs> yeah, like I, you, you, um, if you watch porn, like like new porn, because I know you have a collection. Like you don't. Uh, all of mine comes from you guys. <laughs> okay, well, I, I, I will like forward you a long one, but it's, <laughs> it's, really, it's very interesting. And it's interesting because a lot of times, uh, at least in most of the porn, it'll be like a straight porn star, but he kind of he just like lets the guy do like little things to him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And you said that's the last one? Yeah, that's the last one. Okay, so I wanted to mention another one because I noticed you hadn't mentioned it. But what about uh, baiting? I would assume with baiting, that's also something you can do for risk reduction as well, right? Um, when you say baiting, you mean like uh, like when you get almost to the point well, of... No, that's edging. Um, baiting is uh, another name for masturbating. So they call it baiting. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. They, so if you're doing that not, not only alone, but with others as well, because you know they have baiting parties. Where people, you know, like eight, ten people come together, all so they can masturbate together. Yeah, circle jerks. And that too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. So you definitely can join a circle jerk um, as long as you aren't in the middle of the circle jerk, which is which is another thing uh, called bukkake, when people ejaculate on one person or two people, however many are in the middle. So as long as you're not doing that. Because at that point, it's juices right. fly through, right? So it's like getting your eye, your mouth, wherever. Right. Who knows where to go? So and so, if you're not doing that, then circle jerking is like it's extremely safe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so, is there anything else? Anything else you wanted to share? Um, no. I I, th- I think I have put myself out there. <laughs> <laughs> All <of> these things. <laughs> So, if people want more information, not only from us helping us, but also you, what are the different ways that they can walk with you guys on social media? So, to follow us on Facebook, we are, um, well, my personal Facebook is Mario Gray on Facebook. Um, the Facebook for Us Helping Us is Us Helping Us Inc. on Facebook, and I believe it's the same thing for Instagram and Twitter. Um, and we have a website, um, uhu, um, uhupil.org, um, so there and see all the different services that we have. You can sign up for different programs. Um, you can see what new things that we have going on as far as, like, giveaways or whatever the case is. You can see where, where the mobile unit's going to be um, in case you can't make it into the office. Um, and you can just contact them if you have any questions. Um if you let's say you live in another state, we'll still be able to assist you with any questions that you have about testing or symptoms and and things like that. Okay. And for those who are in the the Maryland, DC, Virginia area, what events do you guys do you have any events coming up soon that they need to know about? So soon, um, every fourth 
Saturday, we have um, a program called Illumination. So it's a program that we have at the offices in New Carrollton. Mm-hmm. So um, that's 8240 um, Professional Place, um, Highsville, Maryland. Um, but all of these addresses are on the website if anybody needs to um, get them. But basically, it's a program where you come in. It's one day. Um, it's two to four. Um, and you just talk about love, sex, relationships, different kinds of relationships. Um, the last session was about um, the uh, the different types of, of, of committed relationships. Either, either it's like three people in a committed relationship or an open relationship, but it's still committed or all, all the different types of relationships uh, that people and that may be taboo. So that is coming up. And I also have um, the Crossroads program, which is what I teach. It's three days long. Is at the main office on 3636 Georgia Avenue. And that is on May the 1st through the 3rd. Um, so Mini Men, uh, Crossroads, formerly known as Mini Men, Mini Voices, is a program where you come in. It's actually a program that uh, me and you first got introduced to the agency through. Men, right. um, we talk about um, being black, being gay, and being a man, and how all those things intersect. And we also talk about uh, all the stuff I talked about today, with risk reduction, and safer sex, HIV, SDIs, all those different types of things. So to sign up for that, you have to be able to get there, obviously, so in this area. And if you um, are a black, a black or of color man. Okay. Um, and, and it doesn't have to be biologically. It could be um, a trans man as well. Okay. Gotcha. And I'll also make sure that I put this information in the description as well. So you can make sure that you read the description. It'll have all that information too. Thank you so much for being a part of this sexual healing episode of The Healing Space. I am looking forward to continuing to not only work with you, but us helping us as well. And I'm excited. I am. I'm going to say as well. This was fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's what I normally talk about, but I, I feel like a lot of people are going to hear it and, and not just the people I see in front of me. So I'm excited. Um, and, I'm, and I want to hear from you guys. So um, definitely add me on Facebook and come to the website, uh, whatever the case is. Um, I'm sure you've seen me if you know Raven. So, um, yeah, just come talk to me. I'm, I'm open to questions or just being friends or whatever the case is. Definitely. Okay, guys. So with that being said, now it's time for a brief commercial. Peace Misfits. So BHW and I want THS to be a fully interactive experience. So we've created the Misfit of the Month. Every month starting in June, we'll highlight one misfit who supports the healing space. We'll promote you and your business if you have one on social media weekly. At the end of the month, we'll bring you onto the show as well. Here's how it works. You'll need to make sure you're subscribed to at least two platforms. If you have an iPhone, Apple Podcasts would be one of them. If you have an Android, Google Play Music will be one of them. You'll need to screenshot your subscription as proof. Then, you'll need to post, repost, share the most current episode of THS every week during the month of May. Once we've verified that you subscribed and have posted, reposted each episode for the previous month, we'll begin highlighting you via social media each week in June. Then you'll join us in the last episode of the month. It all officially begins with this episode. We're building a community with THS. This provides us a chance to create balance. You highlight us, and in turn, we highlight you. We all rise higher together. Let's have fun with this. And now, back to the show. 
It is now time for good news. I was trying to keep a straight face. That's <laughs> how I used to sing. I used to do it all the time. Like, is that my note? Is that right? Listen, is that right? Is I want to make that our there? name, our new lead-in to good news. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Give me a good beat behind that. Bring that in as our lead-in. Yes. I can't. I Every can't. episode. <laughs> oh. <laughs> added the hell out of that. Like, mm. I'm not gonna play. Yes. That is that my note? Come on, <laughs> that's a seller right there. You know where anybody say that? Is Listen, that my note? You gotta yes, find that's it. what made it so funny. You gotta find I it. I thought about Stewie the minute you said that. I was like, Listen, yes. you gotta be ready. Is that mm, you need to bring that bring that down to my note? That oh. wasn't my note you was playing. That was your note you that was, was playing. <laughs> I said that before. I'm like, who gonna sing that? In what key? A lie. <sighs> <laughs> I can see. <laughs> and you can see all that happening, can't you? Just, no, what I can see is the t-shirt. <laughs> is that my note? Yes. Yes. And people will rock it. Yes. Ooh, you know I'm always thinking of branding. Always. Yes, that could be a new reality show. Branding Brandon. Mm-hmm. What, what would that be about? Listen, me doing your PR. Because I'm going to need it. <laughs> Listen, because when I get on, I'm going to have to hand this phone over to somebody else. Like, this is my account. You can only post, like, if you're promoting whatever it is I'm doing. Don't post nothing else. And don't allow me to post nothing that, else. That's the important one. That's the important one. Because I'm fairly certain whoever's doing your marketing, who's ever doing your PR, would know to not post anything. You're the dangerous one. The goal is to keep the phone from you. Thanks. I'm not that dangerous. Oh, sweetie. What do I Especially mean? because Twitter's where you live. Let one wrong tweet come your way. <laughs> Folks don't allow people to live. Okay. I, they just don't. Okay. I just be cracking jokes. Mm-hmm. And they be funny. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Whatever. I'm not dealing. <laughs> anyway, so first we want to thank everybody <laughs> for tuning in this past Thursday for THS Live. We really enjoyed each and every one of you that commented on with the three. Yeah. I counted in my head. I was like, yeah. Right. Three. <laughs> on no Instagram platform. and then on two different platforms on Facebook. Uh, YouTube tried it. But next month we'll be ready. We will. We we were not aware that with YouTube you have to have a smooth twenty four hours before you can actually begin to go live. <laughs> extra and dramatic for no reason. For I'm, no I'm reason. Like that's probably something recent that they've changed too. Right. Probably when they changed the how they're compensating people or whatever. Yeah. I feel like it they was one of those up. changes. Yeah. Well, that's cute for them though. I guess those three platforms we had were really really cool, uh, and we had a lot of fun. Thank you to everybody who interacted with us. Everybody who reposted, that was really awesome. Uh, so, you know, we want to continue to do that. We're going to continue to have our random Instagram lives where we just go on there for no reason just to talk to y'all real quick. Um, but, yeah, that was a lot of fun. So, you know, whenever we have a live, I have to thank you guys. And that's definitely good news that you all continue to support us. So, thank you for that. So, uh, okay. So, you had some some people you wanted to congratulate. <laughs> some good news. Oh, Lord, I feel like I'm on the spot with this name. Lord, don't kill me. 
I've been practicing. The fact that it takes him so many times Listen. to try to remember one last name. Shut <laughs> up, nigga. Uh, first of all, <laughs> what I'm not hooker. <laughs> Damn I, it. Only because you're going to get upset. I knew it. Make me shake a okay. table. So, anyway. Uh, my good friends, <laughs> Joseph Goncalves and Thomas Mason, but just out here winning all the awards at the... Um, Oh, shoot. Let me stop lying. No, at the wrong <laughs> web voice. I forgot. I was like, did I not write it down? Jesus. This trying to go off my head never works. I need, just read. I need you to be a better journalist. So, well, that's not my ministry. <laughs> so, they won for Best Web Soap, Best Kiss, Best Screenplay, Best Supporting Actress, and Best Trailer. I was like, well, damn it. Did anybody else win anything? Clear like, it out. Clear it out. Uh, Clear it out. Web series Unconditional Love on YouTube. Check it out. Season listen, three coming this year. Listen. Bam, bam. Unconditional awards. Just take uh, all of them. Listen. Because <laughs> there's some other people, though, that I saw were nominated that have been doing web stuff for a minute. And I was like, oh. Come on. Even p- stuff I watch, I was like, oh. Yeah. When the content's good, you can't deny good content. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a And say that thing. I can't catch my breath. <laughs> yes. So when the content is good, you can't deny good content. Okay. Okay. Are you okay? I'm okay. Are you sure? <laughs> Those claps. <laughs> I, I got excited. You, you've you been bringing the spirit in. I don't know what, <laughs> what you said in your meditation this morning. <laughs> he is in the room, okay? Yes, now. Oh, you're me sweating. Oh, yeah, my God. hands hurt, but I felt that. <laughs> I felt that. Listen, they may hurt, but it was about the moment right there. Uh, uh, no. Okay? No. <laughs> listen. Just listen, okay? Just listen. Just listen. Okay, okay. I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to bring it back. I need this to be recorded so bad. <laughs> oh, he's giving y'all such magic that y'all can't see. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> We're going to end the good news on letting reminding all of you misfits the commercial that you heard right before good news, which is don't forget that we begin the journey of our very first misfit of the month next month for May. So you got all the rules in that commercial. Make sure that you know it begins in the month of May. So starting May 1st is when everything hits and it's off the ground. So make sure that you are doing your part to become misfit of the month. And with that being said, once again, as I said the, uh, when we were doing A Culture of Pop, we're going to give you guys our information again in case you want to walk with us. You can walk with THS Podcast at underscore THS Podcast on Twitter, at THS Podcast on Instagram. Myself, you can walk with me across all platforms at Yogi and UBHW. can walk with me on Twitter and on Instagram at Just Call Me Otis. And yeah. And there you go. (laughs) 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 Indeed. Clear it up. You good? You good? I think so. (laughs) I need to eat. I have not eaten like all day. This is not okay. No, I had a big bowl of cereal earlier, but yeah. (laughs) I like how you stress big bowl. Because it was big. It's no, the kind of like we put too much milk in there, so you got to go back and get some more cereal. Do. Uh Do. It's been a long time, you know, I cut back on dairy products, but do. I just knew you weren't going to be able to relate to that. I just knew. <laughs> Come on, get some good crunch berries. 
Yes, and if you really want to take advantage of milk, you get some Fruity Pebbles. Oh. Indeed. Oh, I miss those days. Anyway. You're dry ass. Anyway. I, I don't <laughs> like either one of those like that, but okay. Uh, are you some kind of person you like brand flakes or something Ew. corny? Like, Never frosted flakes. Okay, Ew. frosted. We can do it. We can do it. Ew. Okay, I'm here and some frosted. Apple Jacks. Okay. Ew. No. Nope. Uh-oh. You don't like Apple Jacks? Nope. I should try Cinnamon Toast Crunch, though. I don't believe in the word try. I'm going to eat some Cinnamon Toast Crunch. People have told me about those. Yes, and then the French Toast Crunch. Those be bomb. Like, bussin'. In the red uh, box. I like French vanilla ice cream. I do, too. I do, too. We had this conversation. We were in Kroger. What was you that the said you day? like vanilla ice cream, not French. No, oh, no. I, you don't like vanilla bean. I don't. I don't know why you ignorant towards vanilla bean, but that's fine. I don't. I've had it before, so I'm not ignorant. I've tasted it. Okay. I don't like it. Oh, okay. Sure. We've gotten so far off what's supposed to be the closing of this show. <laughs> we're encouraging y'all to go try new cereal and new ice cream. There we go. It's mm-hmm. a flavor for everybody. It is. It is. See? Indeed. On. And that's the good news, for right? You. And because that, that's how you heal through food, uh-uh. <laughs> through breakfast and dessert. There Come on, go. listen. It's about dinner next episode. <laughs> we love you guys. <laughs> See you next week. Namaste. <laughs>